Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard And you feel like you're in the dark You will see Just how beautiful life can be When you soften your heart You can finally start To live your truthiest life Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Truthiest Life. It's your host, Lisa Haim. And today I have guest Michelle Fleming on, who is a yoga therapist, as well as my personal teacher when I did my yoga teacher training 200 hour. I was really attracted to Michelle's program because, first of all, Michelle is, is exuberant and excited, but because she also incorporated what it meant to melt the fascia before just jumping out into a workout. I've been talking about fascia a lot in the last few weeks, but in case you're just like, ah, what's fascia? It's that connective tissue that surrounds everything and encases us, and it can harden and get restricted. So when we talk about melting the fascia through movement, we're kind of like stripping away one layer before we jump into the movement. So this is who I did my 200 hour with, and she's going to share her 200 hour program a little bit more. If you're considering doing a teacher training, it has my seal of approval as I went through it, and I'm happy to answer any questions for you. I do want to also share that something very frustrating came up for me this week that I didn't expect, and I bring it up because I think that at some point or another, you will face the same challenge. It is the challenge of learning something new and how it will bring up pissy feelings and make you want to throw things across the room when you simply don't get it. At some point or another, you will have to learn something new. And during that process, it won't all just be fun and exciting, even if it's something that you want to learn or want to do. Some things we don't want to learn and we're still faced with that resistance. But learning comes with a learning curve. We know that cognitively. But what does it really mean? 
It means when we hit that curve, there's fumbling, there's frustration, there's stale stories that come up about our capabilities. And what happens next really matters. In going through my yoga teacher training 300 that I'm in right now, it's an advanced training. And I went in with a big ego thinking, I got this. I've got so many years of anatomy and physiology under my belt and I am teaching now so I can do this. And we're in the second weekend now and I hit some serious roadblocks where I fumbled, feel very frustrated by learning this other language, learning differently from how I was previously taught and I wanted to throw in the towel. I had to present something in class in front of everybody else and I totally tripped up and I could not get over it to the point where I thought about quitting. And now this is something that you've heard me speak largely about very positively and something that I signed up to change my life. But what I forgot is that when things change your life, when you are learning something new, Things have to be shaken up first. A part of you needs to become dislodged. Your ego needs to be removed. You need to get humbled. That's how we learn about ourselves and learn the new thing. So I took some time away from yoga that day and I kind of got off the horse, went away from the horse, said, hold on horse. And I reframed the experience. I came back with a fresh head, recognized how destabilized it made me feel to feel like I couldn't do something. When I felt like I was failing yoga, I was felt like I was failing everything in my life, my capabilities as a mom, as a wife, as a person, as uh, all my future plans. I was like, I don't know if I can do all these things I want to do in the future because I can't do this. And this will happen to you. I hope that a learning curve does not steer you away from something you want to learn. And instead, the next time you are faced with that, you remember this. You remember how important it is to build self-esteem off of getting over that hump, that curve, knowing that you will get it, you can get it, and knowing that it's normal for those stories to come up. I shared a little bit more about this in this week's newsletter. So in case you missed that, I will drop it below. Now we have Substack, which means it's a shareable link and you don't necessarily need to be a subscriber, although it would be great if you did because then you'll get them regularly. But this felt like a really important learning lesson for me, uh, one that unfortunately hurt, but with growth comes pain sometimes. With pain comes breakthroughs. And here I am on the other side. I hope you all love this episode and I'll see you back here next week for an amazing episode with my friend, Wendy Euler, that is going to be all about pro-aging, looking at what it means to get older from a very different point of view than the one that you likely have been fed. See you next week. I'm so excited to finally sit down and have a conversation with my yoga teacher training teacher. My first one I did, my YTT 200, Michelle Fleming. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Lisa. It's so lovely to see you again. I've missed you. Yes, it's been a long time. I mean, the first conversation we had, I was not pregnant and I was about to begin your yoga teacher training and flash forward to this conversation. I've already had the baby, completed my certification with you and I'm on to my next yoga training. So you really opened the door for me uh, then that I had no idea would involve all these new opportunities. So thank you for taking a phone call with me and <laughs> being patient enough to answer all my questions and really opening my eyes to how incredible movement can be for the mind, body and spirit. 
Oh, you're so welcome. I, I remember the first day you called me. It was about a year, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And you were one of those people who said that you really weren't interested in teaching yoga. You just wanted to learn more. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, mm, we'll see. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I definitely did not see this coming, this like strong calling to teach. But nonetheless, you follow where you go. And after doing your training and experiencing what it's like to lead people and heal through so much goes into a sequence that you don't realize, you know, I was like, wow, there, there's something so amazing to use the cumulative energy of a room. I really love like in-person group yoga. There's just magic that happens in the room. Do you feel that way? Absolutely. 100%. That's, that's why I do what I do. 100%. It's a transformational experience. Mm, great word. When choosing a training, I feel like you kind of fell into my lap. But that being said, I was drawn to your work for two reasons. One, because of your unique background and understanding of the, let's call it like the science body. You're a yoga therapist, you're a board certified structural integrator. I'm sure you've got a few other titles under your belt. You do a lot of work in hospitals with anxiety and mood disorders and brain stuff. Like you really understand hard science, which I appreciate. And at the same time, your method involved fascia. And you were talking about what fascia is and how we can use yoga or movement to release my words, release your own fascia. And as somebody who's been fascia obsessed for years, I was like, wow, how can this all come together? So Tell us a little bit about your training as a yoga therapist and board certified structural integrator. What does that all mean? So I found yoga when it was being offered in my gym in 1997 (laughs) and yeah, a long time ago, I'm old and the women walking out of the yoga class looked great. And I went, well, I want to look great. And I had a horrible self-esteem and eating disorders back in the day, but I wanted to look like those pretty ladies. So I went to yoga and I was the girl who uh, left during the guided meditation to go get a few more calories burned on the Stairmaster. And at one point, about six months in, I tore two ligaments and each knee. And in yoga class, doing exactly what my teacher told me to, And I was living on a third floor walk up at the time uh, as a single mom to a toddler and getting groceries up those stairs became very, very, very difficult. (laughs) I remember specifically the groceries. And that was a huge incentive to me to figure out how to retain the amazing benefits I had gotten from yoga without trashing my body. I had had a really intense anxiety and depression as a child and as a teenager. And yoga was really the first thing that made it go away. And that was amazing to me. That was like a miracle for me. So when I couldn't walk anymore, (laughs) I really needed to figure out how I could retain the emotional uh, and intellectual benefits without losing my physical structure. I, I herniated a couple of discs that year later on. And after really harming myself, I had to go and figure out what was the anatomy behind this particular form of movement so I could protect myself without harming myself. Mm, I think you bring up such a good point because it's really hard once you experience that mental magic, let's call it, that yoga can provide, I think you said something really important, which is like it took time for you to surrender to that experience of 
yoga, to not run out of the room when the meditation came to do more calorie burning exercises. But once you were like, oh, wait, this is really good for my mind, but it's destroying my body. I think that people aren't talking about that. Like yoga can be the physical practice of yoga because there's so much more to yoga. The physical practice of yoga can be harmful to the body. And I think that a lot of times doctors, physical therapists, body workers are like, do more yoga, period. Not distinguishing types, methods, or how different poses or way to do poses can actually be harmful. So your body actually got trashed. I love that word you use while your mind was dancing happy. So how to keep the mind dancing happy without trashing the body led you on the path of like, okay, let me learn the anatomy of the body and see if there's a way to do this to protect it all. Do I have that right? Absolutely. So yoga teachers are notoriously poorly trained in anatomy. So I went to go find the anatomy behind the poses so that I could keep myself safe. And in the process of doing that, uh, I'm going on this very deep self-discovery and science journey. I, I found a model of the anatomy that finally made sense to what I was feeling in my body. I had been diagnosed with, with scoliosis as a 11 and 12 year old young woman, as so many of us are, uh, and that I grew around those curves. I had a horrible accident when I was 12 and my arm broke mid shaft of the humerus. So the large upper arm bone twisted all the way around like a dry broomstick. And it twisted my entire structure in a way that there was no explanation for in, in medical science at that point. We really just didn't understand how one part related to the other. And when I found what's called structural integration, which is a form of body work that was started by the biochemist Ida Rolf, sometimes called Rolfing, but Ida called her work structural integration. Uh, Rolfing is a very specific sect of, of us uh, practitioners. Uh, when I found that and the, the map of the body that the fascial continuities made, it explained so much and explained so many of my colleagues' problems in their own body. Because it is like this little dirty secret in yoga where uh, it was William Black, I believe, who wrote a book probably 10 years ago called How, How Yoga Wrecks Your Body. Because so many senior practitioners have had to have hips replaced and have herniated discs and have really harmed themselves because we've, we've really, we've lost a lot of the, the sacred qualities of yoga that actually, even though we didn't understand them, and I feel like very often we just, that I'm like, oh, gaze to, th for instance, here's a good one, gaze to third eye. Right. Gaze to third eye, I've, I find people think is, is a sacrilegious practice or more of a woo-woo, like this is nothing really based in reality. But for instance, if you bring your gaze to your third eye, the spot right in the center of your forehead, and you look up at that, the suboccipital muscles, the actual tiny little muscles that are underneath your occiput in the back of your head that literally attach your head to your spine, they engage and extend in a way that makes it so that you can't actually hyperextend your neck, right? As these, as these muscles engage and they contract in a way that allows your head to be very firmly situated on top of your spine, as you go to hyperextend, They'll allow for the extension, but they will not allow for hyperextension. And when you lift your head very firmly back, especially in a quick way, we're giving ourselves tiny little whiplash injuries in yoga all the time, right? We're hyperextending and we're, we're squishing the back of our neck, right where our brainstem is. 
this can put us into a fight or flight place in our nervous system. And we're supposed to be doing something that's good for us. So we say this gaze to third eye, but I, I, there's been so much dissection of these ancient practices that in some ways we kind of throw up the baby with the bathwater. So when I went back to look at the science behind yoga and why these practices are in there, well, they're in there for a reason. And what I'm always reminding my teacher trainees is, hey, we're asking people to do some really weird things with their bodies. They're going to be more likely to do it if we give them a good reason. So explain what gaze to third eye does. It, from a physical point, stabilizes your neck. From a mental, emotional point, it actually brings energy to the pineal gland, which lives right there, which is basically the governess of all of the endocrine system. Right? It, it balances our hormones. That's, that's a gaze point that you're supposed to gaze at for transcendental meditation as well, which is one of the only forms of meditation we have really good science-backed studies on. But I digress into my science, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Do you find that you're alone in the yoga world when it comes to... I don't know the right word here. I'm not going to say making it less spiritual, but bringing that spirituality, talking about the third eye, but backing it up with why or some of the things that we do saying why not, why we shouldn't do them. Let me have to dissect that question for a moment there because I, I don't want to divorce yoga from its spirituality at all. I definitely want to help people to understand that yoga is not a religion. And if you're Christian or if you're Jewish, if you're Muslim, you can still practice yoga. It is not a religious practice. So you'll just hold on one second. So I feel like you've said this a lot and I don't know, I never saw it as a religion. Do people think it's a religion and won't practice yoga? Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. This is (laughs) one of the reasons why we have such a hard time getting yoga in school. Because public schools, there's this division. Well, there's supposed to be a division of church and state. 
don't know if you've noticed, but that seems to be going awry recently. But, <laughs> but there's supposed to be a division of church and state. And so there's this erroneous idea that yoga is a religious practice, which makes it so hard to reach kids. And oh my goodness, if I had found yoga and meditation as a child, my PTSD would not have been what my PTSD was. There is absolutely a huge amount of hard science to back up a huge amount of what we say in yoga. Absolutely. Uh, but at the same time, I don't want to divorce yoga from the spiritual practice because it's the it was the mental, emotional practice that actually saved my life. It was the physical practice that messed me up. <laughs> right. And I've had to, to look at yoga from a very critical lens to, to find that physical practice that is suitable for my body. To go back to your question, there definitely are more people like me because of necessity. We've had a lot of yoga injuries, a huge amount of yoga injuries. So by necessity, people are starting to look at the A&P, the anatomy and physiology, right? So here's how I think about it with yoga or honestly, any other movement or exercise practice. If you're feeling great, there's nothing wrong. You have great posture. Great. Go for it. Go take up whatever it is you're going to take up. Have a great time with it. If you have imbalances or certainly pain in your body that you're dealing with currently, then you want to work with someone like me who can help you bring into balance your body. So as you're strengthening it, you're not strengthening it into a more misaligned form. Mm, I think that's so important and definitely what drew me to you. Um, I have had, you know, chronic hip back issues for so long and I said this the other day, and I'm not going to say it anymore, but I'm going to say what I said so that we can all be aware of it. But I said, I have an old person's body. And I said that in my yoga teacher training that I'm in now, and the old people did not like that. <laughs> but but to their point, it, it was um offensive comment without meaning to. I why is an old body necessarily a less flexible one in pain and a young one isn't? There, there was no truth to what I really said, except for the idea that when we get older, we should be in pain. And I think that we should scratch that idea. So instead, I'll just say that I'm somebody who doesn't seem to live in the same body as many of my peers who are my age, my generation. I was never attracted to things like core power yoga, very, you know, fast vinyasa flows, hardcore workouts, because that didn't feel good on my body. So I'm glad that I found you because I want to teach people how to live in an aging body, which is everybody, doesn't matter if you're 20, 40, 60, 80, 90. And I want to take care of this body and, and, that's what drew me to your brain and teachings. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And I, I think that's what draws a lot of my students in. And I, I have to say, as someone who's almost 50, I wish I had your um, critical ability to, to notice where you were at when I was much younger and started yoga because I didn't have the ability to feel into my body and feel what felt appropriate for my body. The way I like to describe it is, is my anxiety was so bad. I lived outside of my body, looking at my body going like, you know, you really look terrible today. <laughs> I, I didn't inhabit my body for so many, 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 many years. And that's really, that is the true meaning of yoga. The word yoga means to yoke, to connect, to bring together mind, body, and spirit. And I certainly did not have a 
mind or spirit that lived in my body. And for so many people like me who grew up with um, in some violent situations or unsafe situations, we will have protective mechanisms, mechanisms around that built into our brains. So interestingly enough, even though it was horribly inappropriate for my body, I was drawn to that hard, fast yoga. Because as you could get going so hard and fast and it was so hard, I was in Ashtanga yoga. And when you were working at that level of intensity, the angry roommate in your brain had to had to take a back seat because there was so much else going on. You couldn't focus on the verbal abuse that was constantly being spewed out from your head. And you say that with a smile on your face, but you know, we we take a second to honor that there were a lot of heavy things going on in your life and yoga provided some sort of an outlet for that to take a back seat. I just want to honor the space and what you're saying and the heaviness that you're kind of putting out without saying so much. So I hear you and I, and I see you. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. I, 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 you know, I very much appreciate that, Lisa. It's um, once we're able to stand in our truth and stand in our authenticity and say like, wow, I went through, through some really hard stuff and I came out on the other side. There's an amazing peace and honestly gratitude that is cultivated because if I hadn't had the experiences I had as a young woman or, or even the experience I've had over the past few years, I've been through some really intense stuff the past couple of years. When you come out the other side and you're able to look back and go, wow, that I'm not into the, that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger because sometimes that which doesn't kill you makes you angry and hard and shut down. But if we're instead able to go, you know what? I learned so much from that experience. I got to grow in ways that I would not have wanted to grow. But looking back, I'm so grateful for that opportunity to grow. And in my work, I train yoga teachers and yoga therapists, and I work one-on-one -on -one with people in great pain. Uh, I do intimate retreats in beautiful locations, but I get to work with people who are in either physical, mental, emotional, great great pain. And I, I'm uniquely talented in helping them to get out of that pain. And that is an amazing blessing that has been very hard earned. And if it, if my life was easy, then I wouldn't have those abilities. I wouldn't even be able to relate probably to, to my client's pain. Mm, the physical and the emotional. The physical and the emotional. While you were in training with me, I had been in a boat accident right before training. There was a point where I broke both knees. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, both knees. Broke both knees. Five weeks later, I was hiking mountains in Costa Rica. Everybody told me I was going to need surgery. The ability to have had to pick yourself up and put yourself back together that I've had to do since I was 21 years old. So at 46, I knew how to heal two broken knees and go hiking a few weeks later. <laughs> right? How'd you do that? We're curious. First and foremost, not believing when they say you can't. One of the, the things that I train the yoga teachers I work with is that we get to have this amazing ability to um, help people to take their power back. Right? I come from a medical family. And I remember when my grandmother was older she would do anything that someone in a white lab coat told her to. <laughs> right? Well, that is most, that's most people, the reality. And I work with some amazing doctors and I love them. But let's face it, your doctor can't 
fix you. Your doctor can help you mm-hmm. fix yourself yep. with the exception of, you know, if I have a, a huge clot and someone needs to cut open and put a big Y incision in there and take it right out. Like, God bless mm-hmm. you. Do mm-hmm. your magic and do that. Then you will save me. And I will thank you very much. But that's not really most of our doctor visits, right? Most of the time, our doctors are, if they're good doctors, are helping us to save ourselves, right? Empowering us to take control of our health. And I find very often that people don't understand how the body works. That Actually, we know more about how to keep our cars healthy than our bodies healthy in so many ways. Like when's the last time you changed your oil? So for instance, when I was healing my knees, one of the things I work with is castor oil packs. Castor oil packs take down inflammation. They melt scar tissue. They lube things up in a way that medical science says is impossible. But I'm still walking around hiking mountains five weeks later. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's where, where you and I kind of align really well in the sense that we deeply respect uh, the medical community the Western world that we live in, uh, recognize the need for it. But we, and correct me if I'm speaking on behalf of us, and this is untrue, but we dabble with, for lack of a better word, holistic treatments, methods, things that don't necessarily have the hard research to support it because where's the money in castor oil, right? How many castor oil oil companies are putting together a research study that could, you know, and then make the the money for the hospitals and the this and that. Like, I, I hate to do this to everybody, but the medical world is a business. So to your point, I think it's important to trust your doctors, but trust yourself and lean on yourself. And it sounds like you were able to do that and and kind of have a, a magical situation occur. <laughs> well, I've been using castor oil for many, many years for many different types of scar tissue and healing. It, three of my major mentors within a few weeks of each other said, have you tried castor oil packs? And it was through using the combination of going through structural induration school where my teachers and my colleagues would come in and, and really open up these incredibly tight areas in my body. And then I'd go home and wrap it in castor oil to let everything slide. So here's the thing with the body. As long as everything's sliding and gliding, Mm. you'll be good. You'll age well. I was aging very, very poorly. So structural integration, which is a way of realigning the body by going into the fascia. As I like to remind my students, every collagen fiber of your body is inherently charged. There's a positive pole and a negative pole, and those fibers line up along that charge. If you take a map of the fascia meridians and, and lie it out, with a map of the acupuncture meridians from traditional Chinese medicine, they're almost exactly, they almost exactly line up. And the ancient Chinese certainly did not do any cadaver research. It's an ancestor-based culture. You would never cut up your ancestors. They found those acupuncture meridians through where the chi flows, where the energy flows. They happen to be right where the the collagen is the densest, where the septums intersect. So, Mm It's like hard science is starting to catch up to this ancient wisdom. And for me, one of the really great examples of that is, is the scientist Bayer, or, or Bayer, as you might say it. Uh, Bayer was a German scientist who, who discovered Bayer aspirin. Right? Mm. So he, he invented aspirin. But here's the thing. Bayer was derived from the white willow bark. And white willow bark had been used for centuries to get rid of pain and take down fever. And what Bear did is Bear isolated the one part of that white willow bark that did that. 
and he developed bare aspirin and bare aspirin saved many, 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 many lives. But it wasn't until over a hundred years later that we actually understood what that isolated property of the white willow bark was. And so one of my osteopathic teachers brought that story up for me at one point because I was saying, but why, but how, but why, but why? And he said, he gave me that story and he said, Think about the thousands of lives that that scientist saved by isolating that one part of white willow bark. But he didn't understand how it worked. Nobody understood how it worked for over 100 years. Should we not have saved the lives in that process? And that went for me because I'm a science and math person. As is, If you were raised in an alcoholic household, you like things that are very, very linear and make sense, right? Two plus two still equals four, no matter how much dad drinks. <laughs> I love, <laughs> yay math! <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, so, so this wishy-washy woo-woo water that I was swimming in was very difficult for me, but the results I was getting was amazing. People were telling me I was saving their lives. People were coming. I had a, a woman who had a, a huge cyst in her breast and who uh, decided to, to take a piece of uh, cloth and soak some castor oil in it and keep it in a really not her prettiest fancy bra, but <laughs> an old crappy bra. She kept it in there for a week and she went back and for, the, for the next scan and it wasn't there anymore. She said, at one point I was feeling around for it and something went squish, but then it was just wasn't there. Like, I don't know. I don't know. The first time I used castor oil packs was to wrap up my belly when I was pregnant, when they, uh, they thought they found an intracranial cyst in my son's head. And I had heard from my mentors that it was amazing for cysts. So I wrapped up my belly. I don't know what happened. But two weeks later, when I went back in for my next scan, it wasn't there anymore. Wow. And that's and, the first time hearing about castor oil, but add to cart. See you tomorrow on Amazon Prime. <laughs> never know, never know when you're going to need some castor oil. <laughs> and this episode yeah, it, is it, sponsored by castor oil. Right, right. So it's, and castor oil is just one of the many things that I, that I use. But for instance, castor oil will reverse cirrhosis of the liver. It's unbelievable. And nobody understands why. But it's this long chain fatty acid that just does this amazing melting of scar tissue if you use it correctly. So, yeah, sometimes I use casserole packs. The craziest training I ever took was on was on this idea of of passing our our trauma down through our DNA, and that seemed so. It was amazing, and I learned so much, and I I was I was astounded at how much it resonated with me. And then the woman who actually made my engagement ring, I, I met her a few years later. She turns out to be the scientist who discovered the ability for the genes to pass down things like PTSD. It's amazing how science is catching up to indigenous healing and magic. And I don't know. I wasn't around for all that stuff. but <laughs> And, and the, cool, the coolest part of that for me, and then we'll, let's get back into your yoga, is that, or the coolest part for all of us, I think, is recognizing that we can break the chain of what we're passing down and recognize sometimes that we're carrying our grandmother's PTSD. Why do I have this feeling? Oh, it's not mine. Let me heal it before I pass it down to my daughter. And if you're hearing this term for the first time, you're like, what, what, what? I don't believe that. That doesn't make sense. That's fine. Maybe just 
bring curiosity, you know, to this concept because it is very different than, you know, what we typically think about when we experience hard things to recognize that they might not be ours or be fully ours and and all of that. I find it empowering, but I remember the first time I heard it being like, that's some woo-woo out there stuff, can't get on board. So wherever you're at with it, that's cool. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind, so you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, try to explain how the yoga that you teach that I'm certified in is a little bit different than a typical yoga class. What are some of the key differentiators? Well, one of them is that I am that person that you just spoke of who was completely not on board and thought that was all ridiculous, silly science. Uh, It had nothing to do with science. So when I began teaching my own teacher training, I give you the reasons why, right? We do discuss the science. And one of the things that I'm actually very talented in is, is making complex anatomical ideas very, very understandable for people, right? So I want, I don't want you to understand that this is how you do the pose. I want you to understand this is the why of how you do the pose. Because we're making out new postures all the time, right? You, you see people in your class and like, okay, now come into rock star. Yeah, show me the ancient Sanskrit word yeah. for rock star post, right? <laughs> We're making stuff up all the time. So I want my students to be able to have the freedom to flow and to make it up and to do things that are wonderful and feel right. I want them to understand the why so they can do that safely. Right? My goal is to train teachers so that they, their bodies know the alignment so they can teach that to their students. They have the ability to teach their students to find their own alignment because everyone's alignment's a little bit different. There is no one size fits all. And so I teach my teachers how to find the way of practicing the poses so that everyone can find their own sweet spot because everyone has a different pelvis. Everyone has a different hip. You might have two different hips on the same pelvis. That's very, very common. One might go in and one might go out. For instance, um, one of the most common forms of yoga in this country is Bikram. 
Bikram is a 26 series of poses. You do exactly the same every time, exactly in the same order, even if you're pregnant, even if you've had double knee replacement, even if you have herniated discs, even if you have really hypermobile tissue, even if you have hyper stiff tissue, it's, it's, that's ridiculously stupid. It's just an amazing recipe for getting people hurt. Yeah. I've been actually going to Bikram locally because I'm in a yoga desert where there's none and I love the heat. So I gave it a go for a month and very interesting thoughts came up that maybe I'll save for a separate podcast, but I've had no one to talk about these thoughts with. So I am excited to hear you kind of validate a lot of my thoughts about the practice of Bikram regarding injuries and bodies feeling good. Absolutely. And also I would hope at this point that that most of the Bikram studios have turned it over to a hot power class because Bikram last time I checked had 27 counts of assault and rape against him. So why are we even putting his name up there and anything to do with health and wellness? Mm, a, a good point indeed. But uh, yeah, I guess we know we know how that goes. Okay, so one of my favorite parts of your trainings was that we start our class with something called undoings that relates to the fascia. Can you explain that? Yeah. So, for instance, you'll hear in yoga well, a couple of things that I can't stand. One of them is flat back, right? We have this idea that the bodies are supposed to be shaped a certain way, and and, and interact and, and articulate in a certain way. And again, everybody's body is different and everybody brings different uh, history to the table. So when we're teaching people to find this alignment, there's going to be something in the way. And one of the greatest obstacles that I have found over my 25 years of teaching yoga is the body's interoception process. Proprioception is how we feel our interaction with the world around us. Interoception is how we feel the experience of our own body. There's this thing that we run into in yoga a lot, which is people think that if something feels quote unquote tight, then it needs to be stretched. That happens, and I'll give you a, a pretty easy one I hope to visualize, is you and I are on, the, are on Zoom right now. We're so many of us spent a whole two years of our lives during COVID. And as you're on the computer, you tend to hunch forward a bit. And the anatomical term is hyperkyphosis, right? You come into the rounded back, right? And the shoulders tend to come around the front as the space between your shoulders spreads because you hunch over the computer on your keyboard. And when you see people on the computer, and this, this might be me, this might be you, people have the feeling of, oh, it's really tight between my shoulders and they bring their arm in front of them and they give it a little stretch or my back is really tight and they bend forward and do a forward fold and give a little stretch. Well, it makes people feel better for a second. But the reason why that makes people feel better is because that pain's called ischemic pain. Ischemic pain means pain due to lack of oxygen. A muscle is a one-trick pony. It only does one thing. A muscle contracts. That's its only job. So when a muscle is stretched, that's a passive thing that's happening to the muscle. That's an, an opposing muscle has contracted or gravity is pulling on it, right? So the way a muscle gets fresh oxygenated blood, the way it essentially feeds itself is by contracting. And when we bring our head in front of our spine, like we do when we get lazy, we're on the computer too often. I see Lisa mm. straightening up right now as I say, yeah. we're all yeah, reminding yeah. each other. Yeah, right? I'm like falling <laughs> forward like a hanger. I'm like, nope, come back up right. So 
when these long ropey muscles in our back get overstretched, these ones are called the erectors. They're right next to your spine. And very often they feel like those really thick pieces of corduroy back there. They go over with your fingers. So they get overstretched, but it feels really good to stretch them out even more. I call it taking Tylenol for liver pain. It makes it feel better for just a second, but it's actually making the problem worse. But the problem is your body feels like, oh, that feels good. I'm stretching out something that's tight. And yeah, it's tight. But for instance, I have an elastic band in my hand right now and I'm pulling it apart. So if I pull this elastic band as tight as I possibly can, it's really tight. But stretching it is not going to make it any looser. Actually slackening it is what's going to make it looser. So I find in yoga very often people have been doing a gazillion forward folds because they think that's helping their posture. And although it feels good, it's not helping their posture at all. It's really harming them. So when we start with the orthopedic yoga, what we're looking at is how do we get that out of the way? How do we get out of the way these really tight places and, and get them open and supple enough so we can bring our body into alignment and we can practice from alignment, right? I want to help people to bring their bodies more back into balance, not further away from balance. So for instance, an undoing is a fascial release that we might do. We'll lie down on some fascial release balls and we'll undo the tightness on those long ropey muscles because they get overstretched, we'll what's called cross fiber friction them, we go against the grain of the fibers. So the fibers can then spring back together and slack as we go through our practice. That was my favorite takeaway of your trainings, just having these handful of things that we can do to open the neck, the back, the hips, you know, all the, all the tight places where, you know, you walk into a yoga room and sometimes you go right into a flow. And it can be intense really hard, but you haven't opened up those areas. So sometimes I just do undoings just to do undoings, not even when I'm doing yoga, by the way. <laughs> Yummy. That's delicious. Yeah. I don't have a 26 posture regimen that I want everyone to go through. I think that's pretty silly. But what I do have is that the first part of your class should be about differentiation and lubrication. So you're getting places that are stuck together, unstuck, you're differentiating them and you're lubricating the joints because we want that synovial fluid in all the joints. So the joints are getting bathed in that nourishing fluid. Basically, I like to tell people your joints should never touch. They should ice skate past each other on a thin layer of lubricant, right? So after that, that's when we go into our strengthening. Right. So it's this we have three sections of class. At first, we're really warming people up. We're getting the joints lubricated. We're getting those tight places unstuck so we can move through in proper alignment. Then we're really practicing. And there is my classes are always a flow. Right? And at the end, we're really integrating that. And that's the time when you want those long held stretches. After that, we go into our meditation. It can't just be about the body. It has to be about the body, the mind, the spirit. So there is a whole integration process. And I've had the opportunity to work with many, many, many highly trained neurologists in my life. And we've put together a great way of accessing the neurology because a huge amount of the work I do is working with kids with anxiety and mood disorders. I work with a lot of transitioning teens and a lot of people with a lot of addiction disorders. And that's some of the places where I feel like I'm, I'm doing the most good. 
And when you're able to, to take the edge off that emotional pain, that neurological disease, and give people hope, everything else falls into place. Whether it's you know, a woman in her late 70s who's been diagnosed with fibromyalgia and has had her hips replaced and is constantly has neuropathy and this terrible, horrible burning sensation or sciatic nerve. When I'm able to take her a little bit out of that nerve pain and give her hope for the first time in a decade, it's amazing how fast her life changes. When I'm working with a teenager with anxiety and depression who's been cutting herself for years, I'm able to help her to see the light of that this too will pass and they can get past that. It's amazing the huge benefits that hope can give people. Yeah. And when we're combining that together, really working in this holistic way of mind, body, spirit, well, that's, that's magic. Truly. And you were just telling me that, you know, tomorrow you're working with somebody who has, I think you said arthritis pain. Tomorrow, I, I get the great privilege and honor of working with one of my, my heroes from when I was a young woman struggling with anxiety and depression. There is a, a singer songwriter who I looked up to more than any other person in the world. And, uh, her tour manager is bringing her to me tomorrow to, to right, work. But what is it? What's her physical ailment that you'll be working on? Well, so anybody who plays the guitar and the way this woman plays guitar, if you if you play a, an instrument really well, you're not doing it really balanced. You've never seen anyone during a concert just like, no, I'm going to switch and play with the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see the same way a major league baseball pitcher will be like, oh, no, I'm going to do a left hand today. Like, so we're so dominant that it pulls us out of balance. And of course, when we're looking at that asymmetric pattern of playing guitar, there's going to be one that's long and there's going to be one that's short. And it's not just going to be in the muscular tissue. In this particular instance, it's always going to be in the nervous system as well. So in this particular case, I'm going to be working on some carpal tunnel type symptoms. I'll go from the neck all the way down through the fingers. And that is your work as a yoga therapist or a certified structural integrator? Like which hat do you wear when you do that type of work? Or another thing you do, Thai yoga massage, which you got to also teach us in our training a little bit of. So I've never given a session that was just one thing. Just like we have to integrate it in so many different ways. So the way I really like to work, I tell people very clearly, I have ADHD. I do not want to see you every week for the rest of your life. I want to fix you and send you home to live your life. And if you mess it up again, come back and see. Right? <laughs> but uh, my one-on-one appointments, it takes a lot of time. They're much more expensive than yoga classes. So what I really like to do is, is fix people, get everything sliding the way it needs to be sliding. Right. So a lot of the work I work on is nerve and artery. It's the, the unseen unloved part of the body. That's really screwing things up for people a lot of the time. Right. So when I get the sciatic nerve or the brachial plexus, that causes carpal tunnel syndrome sliding again. After that, I want people to go out there and move and groove and go to my classes, take them online, go to their other favorite classes, take walks, mm-hmm. whatever working out that you like to do that doesn't feel like work. But I'll give people some strengthening and some stretches to go with it. And I'll give them very often what's called a sankalpa. So a sankalpa in yoga translates to heart's desire. And it's kind of like a personalized mantra. So there's a couple things I'm doing with people. I'm going to release what's stuck. I'm going to teach them how to strengthen what's weak and how to stretch what's actually short. Because the tightest places in your body are not where you feel the tightest. The tightest places in your body are where you feel nothing at all. They're so darn tight. And then I want to wrap that up in that mental, emotional 
hope. So people have this idea of mantras and, and they're kind of flat, but here's how I like to describe it. Your body, your brain, the universe knows nothing about words. Words mean nothing. So when you're finding your mantra, whether it's I am healing or every day I grow a little more peaceful, a little more strong, or this cancer is a fabulous teacher. And as I move through it and free myself of it, I choose to keep all that I've learned and leave the rest. Whatever it is you're going to say, right? When I'm working with people who are really in the markets, I'm safe. I'm loved. I got this. But it can't just be the words. Mm-hmm. It has to be the actual feeling of it. So you can resonate with every cell and go towards that. That's how you fix your knees and go hiking five weeks later. You lie in your bed, not <laughs> able to move your knees at all, but in your mind, you're hiking the mountains of Costa Rica. <laughs> well, I want to say two things. One is I don't, I don't know if that was picked up without the Zoom video where I'm watching Michelle, but you know, every time she said her son culpa, she really like reset between them all to embody and feel that emotion. I felt it. I, I, I think hopefully it came through because you were believing the words that you were saying, not I'm beautiful, I'm safe, I'm this, I'm that, you know, like it was a strong stop between each to become and feel that feeling. And the second thing I want to say is my eyes are really opening to the fact, you know, for me, I'm really good at doing those things when I'm not in pain. But if you add anything, call it pain from a cuticle (laughs) or a headache or other things that I, that I deal with, um, when pain gets involved, it can be really blocking for me to enter the I don't know want to call it the spiritual world, but uh, for lack of a better word, that the ability to be anywhere else besides with my pain. So that's really amazing that you're able to do that and more importantly, teach other people to do that who are in the thick, thick, thick of it. I know we're running low on time here and we have your yoga teacher training 200 coming up. Uh, The coolest part of that for me was that I could do it virtually from my home. I really loved that portion for me. I'm going to put all the details in the show notes below. But is there any like last words that you would want anybody who's considering taking a yoga teacher training to know about you or your training specifically? Well, I want people to do whatever training works for them, but I would highly encourage anybody thinking about doing a teacher training to see how many times people have taught it. If it's their first go, you might want to wait and see how it works out for everybody in it. I would highly recommend there's actual curriculum. I unfortunately get a huge amount of people who come to take my 200-hour training after they've already taken another 200-hour training because they come and they say, I learned a huge amount and I really enjoyed my time and I made some really good friends, but I have no idea how to teach a yoga class. And that makes me sad. What I usually say to them is, wow, that sounds like a very expensive book club you were in. You you chatted with people, you made some friends. (laughs) But in terms of my teacher trainings, I really want people to be out there to not only teach, but to love it and to teach exceptionally well. 
So I make it possible to do it online. We do a hybrid in person and online. I take people to the Pacific coast of Costa Rica and Nicaragua and do intensives with people. I run healing retreats in the spring. If anybody ever wants to come with me, I'm sure at least it'll, we'll give you the website. It's evolutiontrainings.com. That's where you can find orthopedic yoga therapy and transformational yoga teacher trainings. Yeah, I'm going to put all that information below for sure. Of course, so you're that awesome and organized. But really, <laughs> it's... Don't take the one that's closest to you and the one that, that is easiest to access. Find the one that really resonates with you. There's a lot of yoga teacher trainings out there. If you are having some issues in your body or you're really wanting to know how to teach um, in a very precise way that, that addresses the physical and the emotional and the mental, I would always be happy to have you. Teaching teachers how to teach is one of the most favorite, favorite, most wonderfully enjoyable things I get to do. I just want people up there enjoying it and living in their bodies well. It is a big deal to do a yoga teacher training. It's a commitment, um, an emotional, a physical one, a cognitive one. If people have questions, can they email you? Oh, 100%. They can email me. They can call me. I'm on Facebook. I'm trying to be cool enough on Instagram. I'm not, I'm not quite that cool yet. <laughs> I'm going to put I'm going to put your email below and your website. So for anybody who's interested for now or in the future or possibly just wants to learn more about how they can experience a class from you, they can find that information. Sound good? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing orthopedic yoga with the world, for doing the work that you do with your hands and your heart. We appreciate you so much. And most importantly, thank you for living your truthiest life. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. It was honoring to be here. We'll see you soon. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.